Reitman University. Beyond the Classroom, where real life lessons unfold. With Nir Horowitz and Oren Nathan. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to Beyond the Classroom, a show that we come together every week to hear different success stories from different industries, hoping to spark some sort of inspiration in you, our listeners. Corporate banking. We've all heard of it. Some of us are even studying it. But do we really know what stands behind the long hours and the late nights of working at a corporate bank? Today's guest is someone who can answer all these questions for us. He's the head of markets for five different countries and is the current CEO of Citibank Israel. Neil Corney, it is a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for inviting me along. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Um, first of all, again, we can't express how, how grateful we are for you being here. This is a big step for us in our podcast. We'd like to start from the beginning. You grew up in London. How, how, what, did you, what did you dream of being when you were young? Probably like most other uh, boy growing up in uh, 1970s Britain, uh, grew up um, wanting to be a footballer. But uh, unfortunately, at a very young age, I realized that that wasn't going to happen. What position did you play? Uh, so I guess I started off as a, uh, as a winger, a left winger. That's uh, on the football pitch. Uh, I'm not going to talk about my politics. Um, but uh, over the years, I've kind of moved further back uh, on the pitch as uh, my speed has uh, lost a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, so I guess, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't really have much of an idea about, um, about what I wanted to uh, be or do. Um, and, I, and I went to a, uh, a Jewish school in, uh, in London called, uh, called JFS. Um, and basically I knew that I needed to get the ticket to get to the next stage to get to the next stage. And the stage after that was university. Um, and I basically looked uh, for a course, which I thought would be interesting in a uh, place where I could go and watch my favorite team play football. That makes a lot of, now it makes so much more sense. And I, uh, when I look into it, he went to the university of Manchester and studied economics and statistics and graduated with honors. Um, why what, did you have an interest in high school in economics, statistics? Is, was that a thing for you? So I wouldn't say particularly. Um, I just uh, I did study A level uh, economics in uh, in the UK. You you take three specialist uh, subjects, and I took maths, economics, and French. Maths because I guess I was not bad at it. French because my uh, father was desperate for me to uh, learn uh, French, and uh, economics because um, it it sounded interesting, and it and it turned out to be uh, pretty interesting uh, as well and a bit more real worldy were there any specific skills or knowledge that you acquired during your education that have been useful in your career um that's a good question i think uh what i learned in uh in in school um and and university was first of all you you know the, the most important thing is that you're content uh socially as well you're not just um involved in 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 the studying uh, uh part of uh of your life like university life certainly in in britain is much more than uh than just uh just studying it's it's a whole way of life uh, you get involved in um lots of different uh student societies whether it's sports um or or politics or or whatever i got very involved with the um union of jewish students um which was the organization uh, across the uh, the country, which um, which had lots of uh, cultural events, 
lots of social events, but also um, was very much involved in uh, trying to put forward um, the the case for Israel. Um, and one of the things that we learned very early on was that a lot of the um, uh, debates that we had in the uh, university were going to be with uh, people who would be influenced uh, later in life and would become the uh, journalists and politicians of the future. And therefore, it was uh, incredibly important to uh, ensure that, uh, as far as possible, the truth about um, about Israel could be put across. And we had some pretty hairy uh, times. There was uh, quite a lot of uh, anti-Semitism, uh, which uh, I experienced both in, in school physically and in uh, in university from a um, uh, an, an, an emotional and, um, and social uh, perspective. Um, and I think that probably gave me a, uh, a pretty good rounding, uh, I think, in my uh, ability in later life in, uh, in management um, to be able to present uh, arguments uh, and, uh, and better understand uh, situations. I see. As a fellow Man United fan, how often did you go watch the games? So actually, um, funnily enough, I uh, I grew up in a fairly traditional uh, Jewish uh, house. Um, but by the time I got to university, I wasn't particularly religious. So for the first uh, for the first uh, six months that I was there, I uh, I went every uh, every week that I that I could. And those were the days where you could stand on the on the terraces. You could even come along in the morning um, just before the game and, and buy a ticket for for about five pound at the wow. time i'm showing wow. my age now um and uh, yeah and it was it was it was a great uh, it was a great atmosphere and in fact that that first year um manchester united won their first 11 games and there was uh, i had great hopes that uh, you know this was after uh, 18 years of not having won any uh, league uh, championship i thought that this was you know i was inspiring them to uh, to greater things, unfortunately, uh, things uh, fell apart after that, <laughs> and uh, and they didn't uh, win. Um, and uh, and then I also became a little bit more uh, religious. So I ended up uh, going uh, midweek games uh, mainly well, after that. Sounds like a dream, though, being able to go watch them every week. Um, you know, you went to the University of Manchester, and the world today has become very. It's very different to what it was. Do you think a college degree is necessary in today's world? It's an excellent question. Um, I often uh, debate that with my um, with my children uh, today. Um, I think I'll come back to what I said uh, earlier. I think a lot of things in life are very much a ticket to the next uh, stage. And um, whether or not uh, college degrees in the future uh, will be as relevant as they were in the past, I think for today... Um, if I'm interviewing two people and one has the college degree and the other one uh, doesn't, and they're both equal on all other aspects, that will definitely be um, an advantage. And I do think that the whole um, experience of uh, of university, of college, uh, is a very much a character-building experience and something that, that should be taken into account. I think here in Israel, um, for most Israelis, it's probably even more so because when I see um, how my kids go through university after having um, you know, served in the army, uh, I think it's a much more rewarding experience than even the one that that, that I had because um, you know apart from what I, what I was mentioning in terms of the seriousness of, of trying to protect uh, Israel and and, uh, and and Zionism and uh, um, and uh, and Jewish people on campus, most of my uh, life was very much about 
getting down to the pub or uh, going out uh, socially or enjoy myself um, in sports. Uh, and I probably didn't appreciate as much as someone who, uh, you know, has experienced uh, army life. Would you change anything going back? Um, I think... I think when um, when that question is is asked, it's uh, it's always easy to to kind of pick and choose. I think the bottom line is no, because um, I'm very happy with where I am now. But I think I think there are certain things that I would encourage uh, other people to do. So, for example, going growing up in um, in England after school, I went straight to university, and I know a lot of a lot of people um, who went to take a year out. Uh, to live in uh, live in Israel or to go somewhere else and to get some experience, and I think that's an amazing thing to do. I think very much also when uh, when when my kids leave um, leave the army, I very much encourage them to take a, a year out and go traveling and and uh, take some time out because you never know when you're going to get those opportunities again. I just wanted to say what you said a second ago about it being a rewarding experience after the army. I think me and Nir definitely both feel like that now. It's a bit different when you're older, a little bit more mature after your service. Um, we're definitely trying to take as much as we can from university. So that's very interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about your entry into the finance industry? Sure. So um, when I uh, when I finished uh, university, um, I'd pretty much decided. Uh, I'd actually decided a while back that I wanted to go and live in uh, in Israel. So I I spent. Um, Five months in Israel as a 13-year-old. There was a special exchange program from my school, which enabled me to spend uh, five months um, in a place called Givat Washington in Israel with uh, 19 other um, people from the uh, uh, from the school who were chosen for this um, program. It was actually a, a great program because uh, we were we were 20 altogether. There were three boys and 17 girls, and we were actually on a girls' boarding school. So it was almost like a dream come true to spend uh, that, that kind of time uh, there. But anyway, I decided that I wanted to go and uh, live in Israel from that age. But my parents said to me, get your university degree, get the ticket, going back to the ticket, uh, and then uh, afterwards. So once I finished um, university uh, and I knew that I wanted to come and live in Israel, I thought I'll, I'll try and earn some money for uh, a year or so in uh, in England before uh, making an aliyah. And so I actually applied to work for um, an Israeli uh, bank um, because I thought, you know, finance, it was, you know, it was 1989, which was right uh, after the, um, uh, you know, the Big Bang uh, with the big change in the way that the stock markets was run. And uh, it was a, it was a pretty good time for uh, for finance. And uh, a lot of my friends from university were going to work for the top investment uh, banks in uh, in the UK and the US, the Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan City, Salomon Brothers, those, those kind of uh, places. Um, I knew that if I probably went to work for one of those, uh, if I would have been able to get the job, then it probably would have meant I'd have uh, I'd have stayed in uh, in England longer. And I think it's um, it's a lot easier to make aliyah either at the beginning of your career or at the uh, at the end. In the middle, it's 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 quite challenging. So I applied for a job uh, which was a graduate uh, training uh, program at uh, Bank Lumi in uh, in London. Um, and I kind of supplemented my income by doing some um, uh, youth work uh, as well. Um, and it was uh, it was a kind of program where I worked in a few different departments uh, over the uh, over the year year and a half, um, and then I decided to move to Israel. Wow! It's what amazing. was the change like going from England to Israel? 
yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was very different. I mean, as I said, I had spent some time there, both as a thirteen-year-old and in some summers, uh, whatever. So um, I went to Jerusalem. Started off in Jerusalem. Uh, I went out uh, with my uh, then girlfriend, who then became my my wife uh, a year later. So we had some uh, support from each other. We had some other friends as well. Went to an ulpan in Jerusalem where there's a lot of Anglo's, um, but there was certainly some some differences, um, uh, cultural differences um, uh, in Israel uh, compared to England. However, um, I felt that the uh, the culture there suited me a little bit uh, more. So in England, uh, I think you grow up in a in a very uh, closed in- environment. Everything's very organized. Everything's very structured. Um, and uh, my parents were always people who were always on time for everything. Like you know, they'd be the people kind of people who go four hours uh, at the airport before uh, flying anywhere. <laughs> And I was like the opposite. I was I couldn't couldn't cope with that. And so coming to Israel, where it was uh, you know Yebaseder and everything's okay, and you can always uh, juggle uh, different things, that that kind of uh, suited me. What what was more challenging was um, you know when you phone up and you need you need something, whether it's a, a, a new a phone or or something to you know there's a problem with uh, the plumbing or the electricity. And you can never get a straight answer. You can never find anyone for anything, and that was uh, that was a lot more uh, challenging. But generally, the the atmosphere of much more uh, relaxed and and being able to um, to have combinot kind of suited me. That's it. That's Israel, you know. Sounds like not much has changed. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you moved to Israel, um, and was there a moment in your career which was like a defining moment that really changed and shaped you into the person you are today? So I, I guess that there were the, there were a number of uh, uh, different moments, but I, I I really do believe that each step that you take, whatever step it is, um, is not necessarily the one that um, uh, that, that 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 changes you or that, that that makes you. I think everyone is is part of that, and that's for the successes and and for the uh, for the failures uh, as well. Um, and you know, I think people who say you know, this was the the moment uh, that that helped me. Kind of takes away from everything else that that, that happened uh, on the way. But certainly, um, you know, I do believe that there was uh, a lot of uh, luck that I had uh, on the way in in terms of my career. Um, and uh, you know, I think obviously uh, I have I have um, I have been um, been been successful because of. Certain certain skill sets that I have, but I do I do believe that a lot of it is is lack of being in the right place at the uh, at the right time. Um, um, but you also have to kind of make your own luck. There's a uh, there's a famous uh, quote by a uh, a golfer who was uh, you know trying to improve and used to spend many hours uh, practicing. Who's the um, Who's the golfer? I think it was Jack Nicklaus. Jack Nicklaus. He's one of the uh, most famous American golfers. Um, and uh, he uh, he said, uh, the uh, the more I practice, the luckier I get. <laughs> so uh, you know that's uh, I think I think that's 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 kind of uh, that's kind of uh, true. But I do I do think I had a bit of luck anyway. So particularly when I was um, looking for a job, so I was in Ulpan studying um, in the beginning of nineteen uh, ninety. Um, and, uh, I thought, you know, I've, I've got this, 
connection because I worked at Bank Lumi in, in England and I'll try and go for a job at uh, Bank Lumi in, uh, in Israel as well. So I started, uh, I had a contact with someone, so they gave me uh, an interview and I was interviewing and they wanted me, actually, there's, um, there's a branch of Bank Lumi, I don't know if it's still there, by the King David Hotel in Jerusalem. There's a big, uh, the main, you know, the King David Hotel. Anyway, there was a branch there, which was kind of like a tourist branch. And they thought, you know, because uh, English, got some experience, might be a good uh, kind of uh, role for me. And so I started an interview process with them. And it was actually a really arduous interview process. It was kind of like one person after another. It was like, I think, like nine interviews. And it was spread over a long period of time, particularly in Israel. You know how it is. You have an interview. <laughs> yeah, and instead of takes time. Exactly. And instead of like, you know, in England, when you go for an interview, you don't, you don't get the job. You get a letter saying, I'm very sorry, but, uh, you know, you didn't get the job in Israel. That doesn't happen. It just kind of goes on. Anyway, so I'm in the middle of interviewing uh, for this and going through all these uh, interviews. And I thought, nothing's really happening here. I can't really see what's, what's happening. So I thought, you know what, I'll start knocking on doors and in those days you could kind of knock on uh, knock on doors a bit um, and the one thing that I really enjoyed when I was at uh, Bank Lumi in England was uh, I had a few weeks in the uh, in the dealing room um, the dealing room is the uh, treasury where um, you buy and sell stocks and bonds uh, and the bank uh, facilitates uh, that um, and I love the buzz of uh, of that. It's uh, you know I've uh, I grew up with uh, with ADHD, even though I didn't know it at the time. And uh, you know this kind of thing with lots of flashing lights going on, lots of different things suited my my uh, personality. Anyway, so I was knocking on uh, doors, and I uh, and I got to after a few <coughs> after a few uh, days of uh, knocking on doors, I got to uh, Bank Apolim, which is the other big bank uh, in Israel. Um, and I managed to get to the head of the dealing room there. At the time, it was a very small dealing room. I think they had like six people. It's a Mexican uh, guy. Um, and he really um, took to me, like the fact that I had um, obviously English, which which I think, by the way, is one of the most important uh, advantages that I've had in my career, um, that I'm a native English speaker. And I think for all of your um, colleagues and, and listeners, it's a great advantage. And you, you, you know, particularly if you want to work here in, uh, in Israel, because however smart someone else is, um, the ability to express yourself in your, uh, in your home language is a massive advantage in the, in the business uh, world because the business world is, uh, is all about English. So anyway, um, he he kind of took to me and he said to me like you know what experience have you got and I said oh yes I've been working in uh, Bank Lumi in the dealing room for like uh, a year and a half uh, even though I'd like had three weeks in the uh, in the dealing room um, and he said well you know what it just so works out that someone's left or whatever and we need um, it's like enough yeah. it's it's enough just to understand what you need to say to yeah yeah, yeah exactly and you know and again a bit of luck and it worked, um, and, it worked um, and he uh, he took me on. Um, and I started working in July, I think, of uh, of that year. And you worked there for seven years, right? So, no, I actually worked there for uh, two and a half years. Um, and then I came back for, for seven years. But mm. I worked there for, for two and a half years, first time. Wow, so, like, fast forward to now. What mm. does a day in your life as a CEO and head of markets of five different countries look like? Um, so again, I, I, I think um, the way that uh, things have, have worked out, um, 
the job that I have at the moment, and I'm very blessed to have that job, um, is as with markets itself, where no two days look alike, even more so in, in, in my role now, no two days, no two hours uh, uh, look alike. So um, I do have a, uh, a lot of um, internal meetings with, uh, with my team. We have uh, in Israel 150 people in the, uh, in the bank. Um, and we also have a technology lab where we have 350 people which um which we set up in uh, in 2013 so the day can be uh, very varied to um quite mundane matters like uh various uh compliance and regulatory uh, issues that we have to deal with with uh with uh, the various regulators um to strategy planning about what um you know what we want to uh, to do for the next uh, uh a year or two um to seeing clients um, to understanding what our uh, exposures are in uh, the various uh, markets that uh, that I'm responsible for, um, and that's you know that that meant, for example, last year I probably had one of my hardest years ever because uh, one of the markets that uh, I was in charge of was one of the biggest markets that we had at the time, which is Russia, um, and all of the fallout from the uh, Russia uh, Ukraine. Uh, situation. So my day is 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 very much uh, back to back meetings uh, from about nine thirty in the morning. I tend to kind of work like London hours, which is seven thirty, till about um, till about seven thirty at night, and then I spend a couple of hours doing my emails and catching up and speaking to people. Wow! Wow, it's amazing. Sounds and, long. <laughs> uh, it, it it is long, but on the other hand, uh, I do make sure uh, that I also manage to do sport almost every uh, day i tend to play either uh, football or, or tennis so i start very early in the morning and that kind of gives me a lot of energy and then it means i can uh, get to the office have a shower and uh, be at my desk to to kick the day off and what do you think separates you from other people that's that's enabled you to get to the to the point in your career where, where you're at right now i do feel that um Management and and uh, and even more so, I think uh, leadership. Um, you you learn from the experiences that you have uh, in life, from very various different experiences you have uh, in life. And I think from every experience, if you can learn from it, uh, that that's incredibly important. One of the things that I try to do with uh, with uh, with management, and I and I'd say leadership as well, because I think leadership is more important than the management. Is very much try to put myself in the um, position of the person that I'm I'm talking to and discussing um, certain uh, certain uh, matters, and try to understand how I would like my uh, manager, leader, boss to to react to me in in that situation particularly if it's a, a problematic situation. I think another thing that uh, I very much uh, learned is that uh, I have um, I have kids, I have seven kids, and I think um, bringing up uh, kids who've got very, very different uh, personalities, even though they come from the same parents, uh, is a really good way for you to understand uh, when you manage uh, people that you can't manage the, 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 every single person in the same way, and you have to be very adaptable uh, to each situation in order to bring the best out of everyone. That's uh, you know, for those out there who want to be uh, that high, high, big roles, have as many kids as you can, so you can really know how to juggle between this. That's a <laughs> that's a message for for you out there. What kind of responsibilities 
does it take to lead such a prominent bank? You know, Orin and I right now, we obviously we can't do that. Or any other person on the street. I mean, uh, you know, I think you obviously can't jump straight into to taking on a role like that. I think uh, one of the things that's, that I was taught from a very uh, early age is that if you really want to understand uh, and get to the top, you have to understand what happens right at the bottom as well. So every single aspect of the, uh, of the bank um, is as important uh as uh, as the next and it's not just the glory uh parts of the investment banking and the uh and the trading which um which is important even though they're generally the people who are probably going to get paid more and uh, probably going to be in the front and center speaking to cl- clients as well um but it's like everything it's like a a football team as well you've got the star striker who uh costs the most and gets paid the most and is the darling of uh, everyone but if you haven't got the left back and the goalkeeper um, to be part of that team, then you're never going to be never going to succeed. And it's really important to make the people who are the um, uh, glory hunters understand that they need those other parts of the team in order to be successful as well. And I think humility is something which is really important because particularly in, in the world that, that we work in of high finance, where you can do a transaction where you've delivered you know, millions of dollars potentially to your institution, uh, you can get a bit lightheaded with uh, with that success. And you really need to understand that uh, that transaction is the result of many, many months of hard work of lots of lots of different people in order to succeed. How often do you get <laughs> to be in contact with people who are further down so, so as uh, as a CEO now, I try to try to do it a uh, a lot. I try to um, uh, to go around the uh, the bank and walk around and, sp- and speak to people and trying to understand what what uh, what they want. You know, at the end of the day, there are lots of banks. Uh, the differentiating factor for me is the people, um, and the differenti- the the other differentiating factor is the fact that the people want to uh, to come into uh, to work uh, every day. And part of my role is to create a, uh, an environment where people do want to come into work every day, where they feel comfortable um, in, in, in the workplace. Uh, obviously, that there's no uh, abuse or aggression, um, but they, they feel that they have uh, respect from their colleagues. They feel that their managers really care about them and are really building a career path for them that they can see. Most people, when they leave to go from one place to another, there's a myth that it's just all about money. Obviously, money is is important, but it's generally uh, the fifth or sixth thing in the uh, um, in the list of why people leave. Most people leave is because they uh, because of their managers, and because uh, they don't feel that they have a um, a career path ahead of them. Well, so the Bank of Israel last week, I think, for the tenth time raised interest rates um what are the implications for city for some of your clients sure i mean uh listen we're we're in a um uh a very different economic uh phase than we were uh two or three years ago you know we had um probably 15 years of zero interest rates in uh across the world um and most people uh, felt that uh, inflation was dead. Um, 
<laughs> and I think we've seen the last couple of years that this has come back very, very uh, strongly uh, indeed. Um, and when you have, as you say, uh, central banks raising rates at the pace that uh, Israel, the US, the EU and many other central banks have been uh, raising rates, it can cause uh, a lot of uh, a lot of issues. Just in terms of, um, you know, you and I, uh, it's costing us a lot more on our on our mortgages. It's costing us more on our on our credit cards. Um, you know, the we all feel, I think, the inflation when we go into the supermarkets. Um, but on the other hand, uh, the country has almost full uh, employment. Every restaurant and uh, uh, and bar seems to be packed the whole time. Uh, I don't think the supermarkets are doing any less trade because of the um, uh, because of the prices they're they're charging, and uh, airports and uh, and airlines um, have come back to pre-COVID levels. So it's a um, you know it's it's obviously a challenging uh, environment. Um, it's going to mean that there are going to be some companies, I think particularly startups, who are who are able to receive money, um, you know, oxygen in order for them to be able to continue to build their products. Uh, I think um, the capital investment in them is going to be a lot more selective because the cost of money has risen uh, a lot. Um, we've seen various uh, banks, uh, regional banks in the uh, in the U.S. Uh, uh, fall, um, and uh, and therefore it, it 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 is a lot more of a challenging environment in terms of city itself. We generally um, you know work with the top tier level of, of of clients. So most of our clients are either our international clients who have presences here, like private your, banking, right? No, we 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 do. Um, Corporate banking, which is lending, investment banking, which is mergers and acquisitions and IPOs. Um, we do the uh, the capital markets, which is the trading room where people are buying and selling foreign currency, fixed income, equities, and private banking as well. And we also have commercial banking, which is kind of like uh, we we look at the digital uh, clients of uh, uh, of Israel who are growing to become global global clients. So these clients uh, that, we, that we have, we're generally looking at the the, the, the much higher end, of well-established uh, clients. There are certainly um, some some banks, uh, um, you know, who will be more exposed as the default uh, rates increase. But for the moment, um, you know, I think the central banks have got a good control over what's going on. The longer that we have to keep interest rates high, the harder it's going to be to avoid a, uh, a recession and a hard landing. And given the current trends, <coughs> where do you see interest rates heading over the next year? So, so? I, I, I think we're probably pretty topish at, uh, at these levels. There may be uh, one more interest rate uh, rise, but I don't think that we are going to come down dramatically uh, very, very quickly. So I think you'll probably find that we'll top out at, uh, at these levels, but probably stay... Um, stay fairly elevated uh, at least towards the end of the year. I think the only thing that will get interest rates to come down sharply is if there's, um, you know, some really big economic shocks uh, to the world. Um, and, uh, you know, you get some big companies with big layoffs, uh, etc. For now, with full, full employment um, and uh, and still growth around, 
I think uh, you'll probably see us just topping off and <coughs> probably only see interest rates come off uh, at the end of the year. How do you think AI <coughs> will affect future finance banking? I mean, I mean, I think AI has already uh, uh, affected it uh, and, and has been affecting it for, for uh, a number of years. Our, um, we had a CEO um, who, when he, about 10 years ago, he actually came to, uh, to Israel um, to see the bank and see what was doing. And because we have this um, technology center, which serves city worldwide, it's an innovation lab. Uh, which we grew from from nothing, as I said, to 350 people, and we're developing technology, um, and we've been doing so for the last uh, 10 years, and been dealing with all of the buzzwords, NLP, AI, etc. So when he came, he said, City is not a uh, bank, we're a technology company with a banking license. And I think that's that's true for everything. I think the investment that uh, is needed in, uh, in technology is only going to continue to uh, grow. <coughs> I think obviously with what's going on with with AI, there are some uh, dangers, um, and uh, you know our, our our cyber division is is probably one of our most important uh, uh, divisions, uh, and I think you know the whole buzz around ChatGPT is something which can be very positive, but like with most things, it can be extremely positive, but it can also be extremely dangerous if it's not handled in the right way. For sure, also. In terms of in terms of AI and your workforce in the future, do you think that's going to have any impact? You know, this 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 is an age-old uh, question. Um, you know, going back to uh, when we had uh, horse and carts, and uh, and uh, and then we 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 got cars uh, in the road, uh, whatever. And every time new technology develops, everyone thinks that uh, it's going to mean that there's going to be uh, less jobs around. Um, and people are not going to have uh, anything to do. I think almost the opposite seems to be happening. Uh, you know, I mean, some of the 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 roles that uh, that are uh, around now, like you know, all of the online marketing, for example, which was just irrelevant uh, uh, years ago. Um, I think there's this more and more roles for uh, for 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 people. In the uh, in the online space, in the technology uh, space, in the development space, in the development phase. So <coughs> I don't see uh, I, I don't see that happening. I think each time we adapt to something new, you're going to need new people with new types of roles. I mean, it's something that we're trying to figure out right now as students. What industry? <coughs> what industry do we go into? What, what what should we look to do? Because it's like it is quite a scary time now. With uh, it's not I, it's not necessary that we we think positive or negative things will happen it's just that it's we're kind of delving into the unknown 100 percent. so i think if um you know when i was uh, growing up uh everyone said in order for you to have some basic skills you have to have maths and english i think uh that now that has to be maths english and the ability to be able to program some kind of engineering i think that has to be uh, a basis for for everyone um, you know, we were talking before about, uh, before we started this about, um, you know, Hong Kong, I think having other languages, particularly Chinese, I think is going to be something which is, uh, which is incredibly, uh, uh, important, uh, as well. So if I was looking at, uh, what I would say, what, what, what should people study? Definitely get the basis in, uh, in engineering. Cause I think anything you do, ultimately you're going to have some touch point with technology. What piece of advice? <coughs> Well, you know, it, 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 you sort of answered, but 
<clears throat> what characteristics and do you what do you want to see in an applicant that is coming to the city? So, I think for me, it's around uh, hunger. It's around that uh, willingness to work hard, willingness to learn from everyone always. And by the way, that's something that uh, that I look to uh, to do the whole time. We have a uh, um, a program of uh, mentoring and reverse mentoring, and I think that's uh, that's incredibly important. Um, but I think the 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 ability and the willingness to learn, to learn the whole time, to be inquisitive. It's not a matter of uh, having a brilliant IQ, um, but it is about having an EQ um, and uh, having the ability to work within a within a team. That's something that when I interview people, I try to focus on and understand whether people can work in a team, because the most brilliant uh, person cannot do it uh, on their own. And if they don't have the ability and the willingness to, to work in a team and to be able to give credit to someone else, then uh, then I think that's not the type of person that we'd want. 100%. What is, you know, it's a hard question, but what is your definition <coughs> of success and has it changed over the years? That's a great question. Um I don't think necessarily uh, one should define success in financial terms or in hierarchical terms, but I think it's probably, and it may be a bit of a cliche, but being the best that you can be for yourself. And I think that can be very different for very different people. And I think that when you look at uh, um, you know, the hierarchy of the workplace, I think in some ways it's a bit flawed because I think there are many roles which are just as important as the roles at the uh, at the top of the uh, the house. Um, and I do believe that in big corporate companies there should be two paths. There should be a management leadership path and a professional path. And they are just as important uh, as each other. Unfortunately, sometimes what happens in the in the workplace is you take someone who's very good professionally in doing whatever they're doing, whether it's sales, whether it's um, legal compliance, whatever it is, and because they've done so well in that role, you automatically promote them to a management role, which doesn't. There's no there's no uh, proven correlation between someone who is good at one thing to necessarily be good in management as well. And I think it's very important to build a company where you have both sides of <coughs> of that uh, equation. If you could improve one thing in yourself, what would it be? It's probably got to be the uh, the ability to be a bit more uh, organized, be a bit more um, prepared. I think because I end up juggling uh, so many different balls, um, I'm probably quite good off the cuff. But in terms of uh, going into meetings and really be able to having been able to have dug deep enough to 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 be the best I can for that meeting, I probably could do that a bit more. But I guess I probably need a few more hours in the day for that. What what keeps you motivated to keep going? Um, <clears throat> what keeps me motivated is that uh, I enjoy 
going into the uh, office every day. I enjoy uh, working with people. I enjoy uh, seeing other people succeed. I enjoy people. I enjoy seeing people who um, I've kind of uh, mentored or managed uh, over the time breaking out and uh, going off uh, on on their own and going into uh, in into other uh, areas. I guess it comes back to the uh, to the kids thing as well. You know, for me, all of the people who uh, who work for me are ultimately um, you know I see them as as uh, as as my kids or as as people in my in my family. Um, and uh, <coughs> I enjoy working for a company which has the uh, the right values uh, in life, and I think that's becoming much more relevant for everyone, particularly in the world that uh, we are now of, of of ESG. I think that's something which City has a massive uh, focus on. I think it's uh, I think it's really important, um, and I also get the <coughs> opportunity to work in the community. Um, and uh, and do some volunteering activities and sit on on various boards, and the the kind of thing that I that I that I that I get out of of uh, of this, uh, particularly giving um, kids the ability uh, who grew up in uh, in much in much uh, um, different environments that that, that I grew up. Um, much less privileged environments than than I grew up, and I and I do really feel that I grew up in a in a in a privileged environment. Uh, um, you know, in uh, in London, being able to uh, you know go to um, to school and university, and not not having to think about the cost at the time. By the way, it was free in England. The university is not so anymore. But when you you know when when you see in in Israel, and and obviously we are the startup nation. We are a very tech driven uh, um, nation. There's still a lot of parts of Israel which don't have the uh, ability to go and uh, and study and go on to become uh, engineers because they're living in uh, in areas where the education is not as good because they're um, you know come from from families where they don't have the same opportunities and anyone who has become successful um, you know should take as much opportunity as they can to give back. To, in order that we can uh, expand the base of um, uh, the success of uh, of people in Israel. And what do you what do you enjoy most about your 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 job, your role as a CEO? Um, I guess I enjoy uh, most the 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 chance to work with lots of different people. I work with lots of different uh clients and and have something different uh every day. Um I th- I don't like being boxed into one particular uh, uh type of work. I, there are certain things that excite me more. I'm still as I said I grew up as a as a trader. So seeing uh, the markets move it always uh, excites me. Um but sitting around uh, a table and having a uh, a discussion about where we want to get to and having lots of different opinions but managing through that uh, to to find a uh, a solution together without people getting um, uh, annoyed with each other or personally involved, but actually to understand that everyone in the room has got something to contribute and for everyone to for for me to sit around and see that everyone understands that, I think that that's the uh, ultimate goal. And if you could go back to your twenty three year old self. 21 out of straight out of University of Manchester what piece of advice would you would you give 
that in your corner? That's an excellent question as well. Um, I guess it would be to definitely follow your follow your dreams. Take 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 uh, opportunities as they uh, as they come. You never know when they're uh, when they're going to uh, come again. Um, and be prepared to to go through things and fail, and not just to succeed. I think no one can ever really succeed unless they've failed as well, unless they've felt failure, unless they've uh, experienced uh, that failure. But then come back and uh, and try again because you'll always find something which uh, which is right for you. And to finish off, well, um, I, we finish off <coughs> with a quote. If you want, you can also recommend a book. Uh, I, you know, for those out there who are interested in the world of finance or any novels you you like. So, a quote. What quote would you would you leave our listeners with? Well, let's start with the book because that's the one that I uh, think, and then I'll think about the uh, the quote. So, uh, the book that I would recommend is uh, actually called Leading. And it's written by uh, someone called uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, who is uh, probably the greatest uh, football manager in, uh, at least in British history, and possibly in uh, in Ever. world history. Ever. Uh, he was a manager of Manchester <laughs> United. Not that I'm uh, biased, um, but he writes an incredible book about leading, and there's a lot of um, similarities between managing a, a football team, uh, managing a business, and and managing in uh, in life. Um, I guess, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, the quote, I'd probably go back to, uh, a quote that I grew up with, uh, as a, uh, as a kid. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Simple. I, I, I like yeah. that. So there you have it, everyone. This has been Beyond the Classroom. Um, Neil Corney, it's been a pleasure having you with us today. And do not forget that there is no one path to success. See you next week. Beyond the Classroom. classroom. Where real life lessons unfold. unfold. With Nir Horowitz Horowitz and Oren Nathan. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. Clubhouse.